Welcome to A Change Mind, a podcast about turning pain into purpose. Welcome to A Change Mind podcast, everyone. Tonight's topic is pursuing purpose. I'm Dr. Mami Chappelle. I'm Khadija. I'm Rashida. I'm Toby. All right. So listen, so today, right, I was thinking of, first of all, I was thinking about this for um for a while now. Just all right, walking pursuing purpose, pursuing purpose. And I was just thinking, I don't know, like purpose is really a lifestyle, it's a mindset, it's not a tangible thing, it's not like a place or a destination or a degree or a job or amount of money, is none of those things. It's really like when you are liberated, right? It's a feeling. It's inside. It's internal. So, right, like it, it's a day to day effort. You know what I mean? And, and, I, and I kept thinking, like pursuing purpose. Oftentimes, as people, we just align like pursuing purpose as like a destination, like purpose. Like how am I pursuing? Like every day is like a task for some people, and you get so wrapped up in it. What's my purpose? What's my purpose? You know, especially like I'm just thinking about my students when they graduate college, they're like, all right, what's next? You know, they're so eager to reach that place of purpose. But it's like it's day to day. Every everything that you go through is timely. It's supposed to happen. It's supposed to happen at that time. So that is a purpose. And it is up to you to really have that mindset to know that I'm pursuing purpose every day. I live on purpose. I wake up on purpose. I think on purpose. Everything is intentional. That's how you know you're purposeful. And so. Like when I was thinking about this topic, that's just how I equated it really. Just it's not a place, it's not a thing. You can't grab it, you can't see it. It's a feeling. You got to be liberated. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And right. it, it also takes us back to our name, a changed mind, because even pursuing purpose is, you know, like you gotta, it's a it's a you gotta change your mind about it. And so those were really just my thoughts. <laughs> wow. As I thought about like uh this topic for the week. Wow, that's that's powerful. That's really yeah. powerful. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna give y'all a little story. Y'all know I always got a story to tell. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been thinking about like just pursuing purpose for the last couple of days, and I've been praying about it and just asking the Lord, um, you know, what's 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 his viewpoint on it, and then take some things that have happened in my life and just take some real examples and real life things and just take me to that place of pursuing purpose. So so the Lord just kept dropping in my spirit, Jeremiah 1, 5, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you, I set you apart. And um, purpose is your reason for being created, right? So when we understand that we aren't random, and I feel like sometimes when we think that we're random, we do random things because we really don't feel like we really have a purpose to exist in the world. But when we think about it from the context of God and his perspective on us, he's created each of us for a unique and distinct purpose from the from our eyes to our skin color, to our upbringing, to where we grew up. Everything was literally created for a distinct purpose. And even when we think about the context of scripture where it says set apart, we were set apart for a a specific purpose for a specific time. We could have been born 30 years ago, but we were born for such a time as this. And God has placed us in this world to 
change the world, to bring our gifts to the world, to bring something that doesn't currently exist in the world. But sometimes what I realize is as we grow older and life sets in and disappointment sets in sometimes, sometimes we experience different setbacks in our lives, we lose sight of ourselves. And even in that, um, just to kind of go off of what Chappelle said, sometimes in the midst of like pursuing a degree or pursuing a particular goal, we get mixed up in a whole day-to-day activity of pursuing that goal that we forget that God had a distinct purpose for us on earth. And it's not necessarily like about making a whole bunch of money, right? Or it's not necessarily about what the world sees as successful, but it's literally being who God created and formed you to be before he formed you in your mother's womb. So when we walk with God, we were spirit before we were even flesh. And God, he is a spirit. So he knew what we would be would become. He knew exactly what we would be. He knew the setbacks. He knew our disappointments. He knew the the time when we were going to scrape our knee when we didn't realize those things, right? So he knew throughout our whole life exactly the point and purpose of our creation. And sometimes we get lost in it because we're trying to obtain money or we're trying to obtain goals. And then in that process, we lose ourselves. We lose our soul. We lose everything about us. And even in Mark 8, 36, it says, what profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? So when we think about losing our soul, we think about literally just handing our soul over to the devil, but it's, a, it's deeper than that. It's literally gaining things of the world of material value or success in, in a world standpoint and le- losing a part of yourself in that process. And me, myself, I can speak candidly on that because I gained the world and lost my soul. I gained the things of the world. I gained money. I gained what I looked at as success. And in that whole process, I lost exactly who I was and who I thought I should be, right? Because I no longer was interested in any of the things that I was doing. I was just doing these things to pursue money or pursue what I thought was success and uh, um, basically to get the validation of my peers and of my family members. And when I look back and I look on those times, I was the most depressed. I wasn't happy. I may have had money. I may have had what the world looked at as success, but I wasn't happy. I wasn't even functioning in the purpose in which God had created me to be. And the Lord brought me back like I'm the potter and you are the clay. So how can you tell me what you were created to do when I created you? I knew you before you knew yourself. I know everything you think. I know what's going to happen 10 years from now. You don't. So in that place, I had to go back to God and I had to go back with a humble heart and say, Lord, what was my purpose in creation? Help me to see myself the way you see me. Help me to not associate myself with the things of the world or the world's success, but help me to pursue purpose that has been placed deep down on the inside of me through you. And in that place, I begin to understand that I'm not random, that I'm unique, that everything about me that I thought in some places was awkward or weird was actually distinctively put in me for the people that God would connect me to. And even in my process of me, going through pain and, and, and misfortune, even in that God used those things that hurt me to my core to help other people. So I can be connected to the extremity of somebody else's pain. And, and, and when I look at purpose from that standpoint, I look at it from God literally placed each and every one of us on earth for a unique time for such a time as this throughout our pain, throughout our experiences, throughout our setbacks, throughout our disappointments, throughout the people that we meet, for such a time as this like we can't get we don't get the opportunity to pick our mother or our father or our upbringing or our ethnicity or any of these things but God literally put that in us so that we can propel past the pain and push to the purpose in which he ordained for us and the Lord kept taking me to like this funny thing like uh and he just kept reminding me like a lion can't say I don't want to be a lion no more I want to be an elephant 
right? Mm-hmm. And the elephant can the elephant can never get as small as a lion and not weigh a ton. And a lion can never lose his roar. So we have to literally be in the place that God created us to be in so we can fulfill that unique and distinct purpose that only me, only Chappelle, only Toby, only Rashida were literally created to do. It's nothing in this world that can do or is nobody in this world that can do or say what God created us to do or say or be. And, and that's pursuing purpose, literally going back to the creator of us and, and allowing God to shape and mold the clay as he sees fit and say, Hey, I, you don't look like how I, I seen you when we you was walking with me before you were wrapped in flesh. And now I got to re-transform you into the masterpiece that I was, that I had initially created and not all of these broken pieces that you kind of lost sight of in the process. So that's pursuing purpose for me. I can identify with that. And I'm sitting here getting emotional because I am so grateful for me. My pain gave me purpose. Y'all I had no purpose. I was just existing every day, not knowing who I was. I was who everybody said I was, a a, a thief, a junkie, a liar. You know what I mean? I didn't have no identity at all. My identity was what people called me on the street. My identity is what I thought of myself. You know, uh, my identity was, you know, in pursuing bad relationships and making terrible decisions and, you know, it wasn't until my pain, until, you know, things crashed that I saw that I had a purpose. You know what I mean? And it's overwhelming to me because what God has shown me is that even your desires, when we are walking with God, our desires is entangled with what he wants. He places those things in our heart to do. When you're walking with God, you be like, where I get that idea from? Mm-hmm. Why is it that I want to go to school? Why is it that I want to go and uh, speak to the masses of women? Why do I want to help children? That's a desire that comes from God. The Bible says every good and perfect thing comes from God. So in order for me to be able to pursue my purpose, I got to go to the maker for him to give me strength and also divine connections. And the route which I must take. You kind of understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when we are out of line with that, we we get, you know how you want to roll. You might, you get, I love the, I love the GPS system because it'd be like, reroute. You know what I mean? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? It'd be like rerouting, dead end, all those words, you know, everything to me makes sense, you know, like, when I remember when I told my, my, my mentor, I was, I was out of control, I said, I'm out of line or something, she said, well, get back in line, if you out, of, if you out of position, get back in position, you know what I'm saying, right. straight up and down, you know, and I was like, wow, that was, that was so deep, so the pain and the purpose to me, even though it's a clash, it clashes when it clashes, it turns into mm-hmm. something beautiful. You know yes. what I mean? Mm. To be able to help other people come out of that same thing, because my belief is this, whatever we overcame, whatever God has given us the strength to be, we have authority to help yes. other people in that area. Mm-hmm. Right. 
You know what I'm saying? But also we can't miss the fact that God will send people to us. Just like he sent us to other people. He will send people to us, whether they've been through some of the same experiences. Uh, My mentor, she never did drugs before, but she taught me how to be a woman. She taught me how to be a lady. She taught me how to live life without the use of alcohol or drugs. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So my purpose, when you align with God, the purposes and everything that I desire all these years is coming to pass. I'm overwhelmed because the doors is opening and I don't even have to go grab them and kick them and and scream and holler to open. (laughs) They just opening because they was my desires. God. And now because we have passed certain tests and have been able to suffer in a, in a go through trials and tribulations without going back and knowing our purpose is to survive and to help other Mm -hmm. people to survive. That's the whole thing for me. So my purpose um, is also to help is is to help other people. I remember I told God in prison, if you save me, I will help other people, you know, and I remember being in prison and I bust out laughing because I didn't think that God could save me. (laughs) I was like, listen, if you can save me, I I got you. You got me. Right, and I bust right. out laughing. Right. <laughs> wow. I was so entwined into what I was into. So my purpose has changed. And when my purpose changed, my desires is changing. My thoughts is changing. You know, they say nothing changes, nothing changes. If I tell y'all that I want to be a doctor, I want to be a lawyer, but my behavior and the things that I'm doing is not supporting that goal. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Then I need to reevaluate what I'm doing. Right. You could be the one in the crowd and everybody else is going crazy. You still think about that. I got a paper to do. You know what I mean? Right. Talk about partying until next week. And I'm trying to get home and get this paper done. Right. This purpose that God put us in perseverance. Right. I do. My house burned down one day. I was in school the next day. I was like, this is my God ordained. He was like, Rashi, you ain't got to come in. I was like, no, uh uh-uh. I ain't let nothing stop me before. (laughs) My books might be on fire and smoke coming from them, but I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know that's Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, I I connect with everyone's um, journey. I'm thinking about this. Uh, made me go back. So, you know, I'm thinking, so I do this work. We're doing this work. We connect it because of the work that we all do and our commitment to it. And it made me, when we said we were going to talk about this, I was like, how did I get here? Like, why is this important to me? Why Mm -hmm. do I, if I'm going to continue to do this work and do this public service, how did I get here? What's motivating me? And so Mm -hmm. I went back and like, I thought back like 25 plus years, yikes. And I was a young, young woman and I was working at this organization. Um, It was an international organization. And we were dealing, talking about um, nuclear proliferation, corporate welfare, um, uh, genocide in Rwanda before Hotel Rwanda came out, before it was a thing in the United States that we knew about it. talking about like the Maquiladoras workers in Chiapas, Mexico, all this stuff. And I, and you know, I come up during a time where I was outright asked, what, what are you doing here? What do you know? Mm. How, why are you here? Mm. As this black girl from Philadelphia, as if being a black girl from Philadelphia is not part of the world. Right. <laughs> and 
I thought about my journey um, from that point of fighting, trying to be seen, internalizing some of that stuff and fighting, trying to be seen and heard and getting to a place where I can have these difficult, difficult conversations with people and they feel me and that I can, I feel like God gave me a gift that I went through. Even back then, I was able to identify and pick out connections when we were talking about guerrilla uh, warfare workers um, and farm workers in Colombia. Like I, I can make the parallels of what's happening in North Philadelphia. Folks who feel like, oh, I need to join the military or sell drugs. There's no options in my neighborhoods. And I can make those connections just naturally. And I've always had that, but didn't realize that it took time moving forward because people um, were constantly trying to tell me, no, you're not smart enough. You're not good enough. Yes. And And one of the things I realized that today, I always think about what um, they meant for evil, God meant for good, because mm-hmm. out of that, I'm able to identify things. That's a gift, I realize. I didn't always realize that. Mm-hmm. I'm able to call a thing a thing and mm-hmm. still call out how, when, when I talk about white supremacy and how it permeates our systems and how public policy is so dictated by that, I'm able to have those hard conversations, even with people who don't look like me. Right. and Mm. and make that connection because I spent all those years navigating uh first off my own stuff how I internalized being othered and then trying to say things in ways that made people feel comfortable and now I'm at this point in my life where I could just call a thing a thing Mm. and really call out how we need to shape shift our systems to better serve people and I feel like now I'm in this place where we're creating these platforms to really identify these things and call it out and make room for other people um, and better serve people and kind of like demand and uh, find ways to build out those bridges and make connections. I mean, I can identify with the ways in which a young white person may feel like, what do you mean I have privilege? I'm poor. My dad is an alcoholic. I'm this and still recognize the privilege and entitlement of those grievances being heard versus a young black woman. It's like Mm. I can walk and chew gum, but it's hard to have those conversations. And I just feel like when I think about purpose, all the things that I thought helped me back and um, I could be in different places um financially I think we all touched on thinking about the different things you thought was important right and um I feel like it's for a reason that the things that I thought I wanted the things that I thought was for me that I'm like well why didn't I get this like what why Mm. why didn't that happen like what I'm clearly I realized that it was for a purpose um and I really and I truly believe that I I do believe that all the cultivation of really just trying to explore how do we keep humanity in the work, this work that's so not humane of like the criminal justice system. Right. Just trying to do that has been just a journey. Like I feel like I could do a dissertation without 
I, sometimes I'm like, I'll hear something and I'm like, yeah, I said that 10 years ago. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> like I knew that. But I feel like it was all the things that I went through that I always felt was like something that helped me back. I always saw it as something that helped me back, but really it built me up and prepared me for those difficult conversations I've had to have and that I see myself moving into. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I really feel like I, in all of this, this, everything we're setting up, I just feel like it walked me into all of this. Yeah. And that's, that's so important because it's like God, literally the things that you thought was going to hold you back. God allowed you to be in those environments. Mm-hmm. God allowed you to be in those conversations. God allowed you to be a black girl from Philly and yeah. that area. So you can have that perspective because of the purpose in which he set forth yep. for you. And like, just to kind of piggyback on what you said, I remember like I had a background. I started IT when I was like 15 years old and I started mm-hmm. working and doing IT as a, as a kid, but I never was interested in IT. I had a gift to do it. Right. right. But I never was interested in it. And I kind of went towards it because it was like about money. And I'm like, my family was pushing me towards this a good opportunity and everything like that. And, and years down the line, I was miserable in this job. I made good money, but I was miserable. I hated it. Right. But throughout my experiences, I had grown up in like a rough part of North Philadelphia. Like I grew up in a hood, like where I was like, it was craziness. Like I seen, people getting killed. I seen like my uncle getting shot. Like I seen all kinds of things that happened in my family. Like my brother's getting locked up and stuff like that. So I had always had, like, I felt like a, like a best of both worlds. Like I got Mm -hmm. an opportunity to be in this like it environment where it's all these people that are teaching me all of these science, like, technical terms and stuff like that but then I also went home and I had to deal with the the other stuff right I had to deal with the people in my community that were impoverished you know I had to deal with my brother getting locked up or my brother getting shot or my uncle getting shot all of these different Mm. things that I was still dealing with but was still had exposure to that other environment. Mm-hmm. And I will always just ask the Lord, like, Lord, why did you allow me to be in this type mm-hmm. of environment? But then also expose me to something that's so different. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, literally like a kid in a room with 80 white men, mm-hmm. like one little black girl, three white women and me in a room right. with 80 white men. But I was able to learn and, and grow and learn different things from a different perspective. And as I began to think, I said, Lord, what's the difference between me and the people within my community? Because I would look at my community and I would see a lot of people within my community could never get past a certain level. Right. Mm-hmm. And I will always think like, Lord, what was the what, what was the difference between it? And he said to me, exposure. I allowed you to be in that environment. I allowed you to grow up in the same, same schools. Like I went to John Wanamaker, William Penn, like these schools are in the hood. right? Right. And the Lord, like I allowed you to grow up in that environment. I allowed you to be in your family. I allowed you to be in these communities. I allowed your brothers and your people that were close to you to, to be incarcerated and things like that. So you can have that first off that passion would be there, but then you will also have that, that exposure in in the trenches like you know what it looked like you know what it looked like to be impoverished you know what it looked like to not have money you know what it looked like to see people selling drugs in your own community you know what it looked like for your your family members to sell drugs right Mm -hmm. and to take me out of that and then to say years later years later i want you to start a nonprofit to help people returning home from incarceration and i'm like huh I thought my my idea when I had a five-year plan, my five-year plan was to be a system engineering methodology manager. 
That was my five-year plan right. when I was in. A systems engineer methodology planner, nothing even close to incarceration or anything that I had even experienced within my own community. Because in my mind, I wanted to get farthest away from that as possible because it was, it was, it was something that I didn't even want to associate myself with because it was so tumultuous. But now when I look back, I'm like, wow, Lord, you took the very thing and to piggyback off what you said, the very thing that I didn't really want to grow up in or I didn't understand. And you used that to push me and propel me into my destiny, into the purpose in which you set forth. But had I never went through that, had I went up, grew up in the best neighborhood or grew up with the, you know, the best family, then I would have never had that experience. And I would never even have the empathy for the people that are there. So it's like it's so powerful of just how. God just allows us to grow up in these environments and be in these places so that we can be able to go back. Like we can mm -hmm. be able to go back. And if you even think about Moses, Moses grew up in Pharaoh's house. Moses grew up in Pharaoh's house and he was training up to be a Pharaoh. Right. But God pulled him out of that and literally pulled him, brought him back to his people after he trained him and showed him his purpose and his existence for being here. So it's like, Purpose is so important, but it's knowing your, 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 your actual meaning for creation and allowing all of those things that you went through and experienced not to hold you back, to propel you and push you into your destiny. I love this. We is the bomb, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I see the neck clock. I'm sitting here cracking up because number one, we heard the clock. But then, I mean, I, not the but then also, right, the pain into purpose. And I, I was trying to be quiet over here, right? That's why I had myself on mute. <laughs> because when <laughs> Rashida said it, and then you speaking to it, I'm just thinking, like, I remember because of how I grew up, right? Carrying all this thing, all this trauma and stuff like that. And my mom didn't graduate. And my dad didn't graduate. My mom didn't graduate high school. My dad didn't graduate college. I was in, you know, learning was always a thing for me right but it wasn't easy for me I had to work towards it but I did equate my success with the whole American dream thing right and then I got fired from corporate I remember like just in my head being so hype about oh I could catch the train where my hoes get dressed <laughs> up and get on it you know get on the train <laughs> we walking, hustling and bustling. You know, I was downtown, like in one of the Penn Square buildings, and I got fired. I was too black. <laughs> I was way too black. And, you know, um, I had just overcame, like I had got a DUI and I had to, you know, like I had this master's at 22. I was working at a good school um, and I had to leave the school because I got a DUI. And then next thing you know, I was working at like a daycare so I could walk to work. And then Got back on my feet, you know, did what I had to do. And I got this corporate job. Boom. Got fired. And then mm. I just found out I was pregnant. Dealing with this abusive man. Right. And so I used to have those same thoughts where like I equated my success with the American dream. Right. Like, oh, go to college. Oh, ooh, all this stuff. And it was like I was super salty. Here I was pregnant. <laughs> just got fired with a hood you know what okay this man that was beating me up from the ghetto it's like no let me stop i'm just not from the ghetto but he was from the hood you know and but i and but the thing is i was so wrapped up in this picture 
You know what I'm saying? That I still was what I was attracting. Like I was that, I was the ghetto. I was, I was what he was, you know, it was a reflection of me. And so even though I held these degrees and all of this, I was left with nothing. You know what I mean? And all mm. of those, like those moments and those feelings made me like, that's why when I say like, when I said purpose, pursuing my purpose, it is a feeling for me. It's a feeling for me. It's a day-to-day conscious effort for me because I got stripped from everything, but I felt I still had purpose. I knew that I still had waking up was a purpose. I still was living on purpose when I had nothing. When I, you know, once I had all of those things that I thought was going to, oh yeah, I'm near, I'm near. And then it just was stripped away. I was left with nothing. I'm like, whoa, where am I at? Who is this person? You know, like just down with nothing. But I found myself and through that I found my purpose you know by finding me and being okay with having nothing like I'm just like but if it wasn't for my pain I wouldn't even have this perspective I wouldn't even be able to have nothing be okay with having nothing because I know that within I got it all I got it all you know I don't ever not have anything I always got it if I'm still breathing if I'm still waking up like I got it all I am living on purpose I and I always have it but that pain and the purpose so woo because uh, it just speaks to me I want to say the the pain and the purpose. And I was thinking about what you, what you were saying about, I believe my purpose is to let people know, especially from where I came from and even other people, it really doesn't matter to me. I don't have like a set people, but I know some people who have not been out the projects for five years, their whole circle, the circle is just the market is there. The, 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 uh, uh, you know, when you go get the alcohol, everything is right there. They have not been out of there. I remember coming home and people coming home from prison. And because I wasn't used to, quote unquote, I was only used to what the environment that I was in. When somebody took me somewhere where there was learning, I cried like a baby. I never knew that this existed. Like going to a college campus and just sitting there and watching people focus. You know what I'm seeing and seeing them study. I'm like, wow, they really do this stuff. Like going to a place and getting dressed up in a gown and, you know, not knowing what spoon to use, you know what I mean? Or what fork to use. And, you know, all those things to me was, it didn't mean anything to nobody else, but it meant a lot to me. And because it means a lot to me, my purpose is to make that very same thing aware to somebody else. So I might take somebody with me if I'm going on an event. You know what I mean? Somebody that I know that just come home from prison. I might take one of my clients with me to, uh, let's go to the, um, you know, I might take one a, a, a scourging or we going on a, uh, you know, a, a, a spiritual retreat. I take them places so they can see outside to see what's available. Right. That this is so much more than life than what we, what I thought. What you because know, I was right. so entrained with, you know, the hustler mentality that this is what it is. There's nothing outside of here. But my purpose, because I believe that God brought me out is to let other people know that there is a way there is purpose. Like you, I don't know if any of y'all aware of motivational interviewing is basically in counseling is when you are drawing out of the person's strength. 
Let me see what, let me know what you good, what you good at. You know what I mean? Let me, let me, what, what, what are your, what are your, some of your strengths? Drawing them. Oh, you can write or you can write. Well, let me see some of your stuff that you can, oh, that's wonderful. Oh, you can sing. Let me hear you sing. Drawing these things out so they can take a look at it and find purpose. Because sometimes if you don't have no purpose, you ain't got no strength to move forward. Right. There's no resilience if you don't have no purpose. Right. If you're doing it for other people, it's easy to lay down and quit. You know what I mean? If your mother, father say, "Here's a seventy, hundred thousand dollars, go to school," and you really don't want to do it, it's it's easy to say, I, you know what? I'm 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 cool. I'm cool with C's and D's and whatever. If I pass, I pass. But when you have purpose in you, God will provide the strength that you need to push through the obstacles. Mm-hmm. The problem is we don't tell people that there's going to be obstacles. Right? You are pursuing your purpose. We, 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 I'm not saying we don't tell people. I'm talking about like far as like when you're in churches, when you're in different, oh, no, no, no. You got to tell people how to fight, mm-hmm. how to, how to stand that your purpose, your, if your purpose is there, it does not mean that is everything is going to be easy. Right. You know, mm-hmm. there are some things that you have to go through. There are some mountains you got to climb. There's some mountains, some bears, lions, tigers, and bears that got to come down. You know what I mean? Demons that gotta come out. They gotta come yeah. back because <laughs> exactly because it, if we don't if we don't know how to fight in our purpose, then the enemy can take it. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, <laughs> wow. For real, for real, you ain't taking my vision. Okay, yeah. I know no one got the day. You ain't taking. God gave right. me a purpose. He gave me a vision, and He mm-hmm. also gave me the ability to war for that vision. Right. right. You know what I'm saying? And it's also like. Like you said, like it's um defining your why. Like why? Yes. Like why? if you don't know why you're doing what you're doing, then like like you, it's easy to give up. It's easy mm-hmm. to give up. Like my why is like for my family, for 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 future generations. My why is for my daughter. My why is for my community. Like exactly. I'm gonna go hard because of my community. I'm gonna go hard because I see my family members struggle and go through different things, and I don't want them to go through, and I don't want other women and men to go through these things so it's like defining that why why do you do what you do because once you find out that why nothing can stop you nothing mm-hmm. no one not no money not no people nothing can stop you because nothing you're going to you. experience situations and even like kind of how toby said like she was experiencing people telling her now nah, you're not good enough you're not this you're not that right. they try to silence you right mm-hmm. they want to silence you and muzzle your mouth but no, right. I got my why. Like God gave me this mouth for a reason and I'm going to exactly. use it and I'm going to declare exactly. and I'm going to speak up right. and I'm not going to be silent. And sometimes that's what they want. They want you to be silent because as long as you've seen and I heard, that's good. But that's no, good. we have a voice and we're powerful and we are powerful women and we're women of color. So we have to be able to speak up and use our voice and speak for the voiceless. Because those mm-hmm. are the people that don't have that voice right now. So that's and the and, like, and that's how I look at it. Uh, uh, we have to speak for that the voiceless right. people. You know, that's exactly. And, right. and I'm gonna say this: I believe that when you're working for God, you can't get fired. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> I'm serious. Like we got the best job. Right. Of- but we on assignment. He's gonna you. He's gonna protect you. Whatever he has ordained, he's gonna mm-hmm. maintain. And you can believe that because right. I, my granddaughter was going through something, my daughter, years ago. And I was like, God, I don't, you know, I gotta find it. And God said, if you take care of my business, I'll take care of yours. Because I was mm-hmm. already, um, I was already scheduled to do a, 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 at a park, some kind of ministering thing. 
And you know, when I got finished that thing, I found out where my granddaughter was. God is true to his word yeah. because what we do, I told my girlfriend, I said, if you can't get through your son, go minister to somebody else's son. Because right. what you're doing for right. that person's son, God going to do for your son. Because sometimes the children can't hear us, our children, mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. My girl mm-hmm. minister to my daughter, but I can mention her, but she won't listen to me. She look at me like, what? <laughs> you know. Right. But in the same token, <laughs> right. in the same token um, <laughs> I just know that my purpose, my protection, my um, my ground is built on, on God. And with that, you cannot go wrong. You know what? And as you guys say that, I think about times when I've been like, I'm not saying nothing. I'm done. I don't want to do, I don't care no more. And I still like, what is it? What's, why can't I not say it? Something in me is like, nope, Mm -hmm. you know it, you see it, you're going to say it. And so I always have that battle too, where I'm like, well, please let me just, let it just be coming from a principal place, Lord. And so I, just to the point that you, Khadija May and um, Rashida, about when you when it's put in you, yeah, you can't deny it. And there's been yeah. times when I just was like, I, I, I'm done. Like, yeah. please, multiple times. <laughs> Y'all know, just a couple of months ago, I was like, <laughs> that's, like how, <laughs> that's how Jeremiah was. He said it was like fire shut up in his bones. He had to say it. You ever rose up like I ain't taking this no more. Like, oh, uh, token i want to stand my ground because if you don't stand your ground then you know what i mean you it's like you you let anything in and i don't know about y'all had low self-esteem because of some of the things that i went to i was the person that was in the back hiding and then the people up there talking about go get that girl under the bench hiding we want her to speak i'm like me you know like no i don't want to speak please just let me hear i'm just here to hear you know what i mean Yes. And they, so it seems like yep. the ones who want to go forward will kill you for the mic. He's saying, go sit down. But it's the mm-hmm. ones who are mm. quiet, who are humble, know that when I get that mic, you better know it's God because right. you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I thank God to be able to, 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 to be able to know that and also to help other people find their purpose too in life. And you know what else? Um, and it's just something that happened to me today. So I, um, I ordered some groceries online. I went to get them delivered, right? So the first person that was supposed to order, deliver my groceries, they like it flipped off and it was a new person. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, this new person coming or whatever. So when she got to my house, she had texted me and was like, um, hey, I'm outside with your stuff. And I'm like, okay. So something just was like, go outside and help her. Because normally they bring them up and they put them on your porch and then, you know, they leave. But something just said, go outside and help her. And as I opened the door, I said, you need help? She was like, no, I'm fine. I was like, girl, you need help. <laughs> so I went down and I helped her. And as I went down, she was playing this this Yolanda Adams song in his, in his um, side beyond what I see, you know what's best. She's playing this song or whatever. And I remember in my deepest, darkest moments, I would be at my job and I used to work in corporate and I used to work and when, when in my deepest, darkest moments, I would play that song in my office on my headphones and it would always uplift me in that place. And when I heard that song, I said to her, 
I said, I love that song. I said, I used to play that song in my deepest, darkest moments. And she said, that's where I'm at right now. She said, I'm in a dark place right now. And this lady, I don't even know her. And she said, and I've been having this song on repeat for the last 25 minutes. Wow. I said, wow. So I, so I helped her carry up the, you know, the groceries or whatever upstairs or whatever, but it was like the Lord was just speaking to me that she needed more than just that. And I said, you know what? I said, can I pray with you? You know? And she was like, yes, please. And we stood outside and we held hands and we prayed together and I decreed and declared over her life. And she was heavy in her spirit. And she was like, I've been praying and asking God what I need to do. And she said, and the Lord was just speaking to, through me to her. And she said, I'm going to pack up my stuff and leave because I can't be here no more. God is moving me. And I'm like, and I'm, I'm like, Lord, you didn't make no mistakes by bringing this lady here. Like wow. who, who would have thought like, and, and then the Lord was like, give her your book. And I'm like, all right, I said, I got something else for you. So I went and I grabbed the book and I gave her the book. And I said, I said, God bless you, my sister. I said, God is going to use you. I said, it wasn't by chance that God sent you here. It wasn't by chance that you played that song. It wasn't by chance that 10 years ago, I was playing that song in the office depressed. And I would play that song every time I was depressed and I couldn't see my way out and I I couldn't see nothing all I saw was where I was at I was unhappy I was in a position that I hated and I just was doing it because I just needed to make money I just needed to make money and that's all I cared about I said as long as I make money to the world I look successful as long as I make money and I'm okay I'm good but in the inside I was depressed I was miserable and I would play that song and, and, and it was just the Holy Spirit speaking through me to her. Like, I know you gotta be somewhere. Cause I used to play this song when I was in a dark place and God just used me in that place and in that space. And I say all of that to say that each and every day, like what Chappelle said, it's a purpose. Each right. and every day is a purpose. It's not a, it's not a particular place. It's not when I excel and get here and everybody know my name. It's not when I make a whole bunch of money. It's not when I got a big house on the hill. It's not when I'm a household name. Every day we wake up and God gives us breath. We got a purpose for being here. It might be to show some, some kindness to your neighbor. It might be to pray for the lady down the street. It might be to comfort the, the homeless woman that ain't got no job that ain't got nothing every day we get up it's purpose in our lungs and every day that we speak we listen and we pray and we see and we offer a kind word or a kind gesture we're walking and living in purpose so it's not a place it's not it's not a thing it's not a a bank account number it's not a household name thing it's none of that y'all it's it's every day it's every day getting up walking breathing how do we raise our kids how we talk to our family how we talk to people that don't believe and think like us and how we love them every day we walking in purpose purpose is not a place purpose is our being our existence and being in that place at that time and offering that kind word or offering that prayer is important so it's it's, girl you got me listen uh i'm over here balled up because i'm trying to (laughs) i remember like even though i'm so glad you you said shared that story because those dark places like even those those moments they are purposeful you listen if y'all listening you crying you suicidal i remember i'm just thinking of when i was suicidal and depressed on the floor weeping weeping Mm. i mean it just you know and i had a song i would play every day what was be blessed by fred hammond and i would Mm. have to play that 
right when I got to this last hill before I went into work, you know, I mean, the press could barely pay my rent, you know? Mm. I mean, but through those moments, mm. I still found purpose. And when you just shared this story, I mean, I just remember those dark places. And when I came across a sister like you that she just, someone, you know, randomly people would just see me and I would, they, I would be so down. They would just be like, let me pray for you. Let me do this with you. It was those moments that I, like my, I, I had a clear oh. vision, you know what I mean? And I could see through the next day, the next second, sometimes when I didn't think I would make it through, I don't even know what you did for her today, but I'm crying for her. Like, you know, cause I know you helped her out of a dark place. Yeah. That's what we need. Yeah, that's what we need. We, what need. we need love. We need yeah, we love. love. We need love. We need to be able to be open to tell people I'm hurting. Yeah. I'm hurting. You know how yeah. they yeah. know that somebody is going to genuinely help. That's yeah. what we don't have, you know, it's, and that's why we get so lost and, and try to pursue all these things and mm-hmm. fill all these voids. Nothing can do it, you know, nothing yeah. will do it. It's within. Oh, yeah. yes, that was just woo, yes, was- yes, yes. Mm-hmm. It's like that's what it's about. It's about Ooh. love, it's about literally stepping outside of you. To think about somebody else stepping outside of yourself to be like let me offer a kind word to this person right here let me every like, day are you okay right. i don't know what she might have been going through she might have been suicidal she might have been thought, thinking god don't see her and i've been in a place where i'm like lord do you see me is yes. anybody me? there is anybody oh. there right. and, and he literally is like i see you yeah i with see the, you uh, the most random act, like some groceries. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, it's powerful. <laughs> I say, I say, Lord, use me by any means necessary. Yeah. By any means necessary, <laughs> let you get the glory out of my life. I got that Malcolm attitude. By any means hey. necessary. <laughs> no, that's right. funny because once you have that understanding because you yourself have went through it um i i saw a young girl at at dunkle donuts she was got to argue with a man i was like that was kind of hard sis so she came outside let me know that i should have mind my mf and business and um my first intuition was you know that first intuition is who you think you (laughs) (laughs) run that by me again (laughs) You got me messed up. What? I'm still trying to stay delivered. Don't do that. You know what I mean? Because this is a test. I heard this is a test. You know what I mean? <laughs> because sometimes we could be going through some stuff. You know what I mean? And I got myself because you walking past me and you know what I'm saying? The old me would have, you know, would have ran up on you. And, um, and I got in the car and I drove down the street and I called there and I was getting ready to tell her, like, you since you got to calm down because you're going to lose your job, like, for real, for real. Right. But what, what came out of my mouth is, hi, I said, I said, I, I was a lady that, you know, you I was real nice. I couldn't believe that was me because I called with an attitude, for real, for real. <laughs> and I said to her, I said, you know what? I could tell that you're going through something. And I said, listen, I just want you to know that I'm here for you. I was like, if I offended you, I apologize. You know what I mean? That was a wow. lot for me to do. You know what I mean? And then I told her, I said, and I went there today and I took her, you know, a card and I told her, she said, yeah, she was going through. She said, I'm going to call you. You know what I mean? So, you know, 
I'm glad that I see even a difference in myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. That the old me is dying slowly because I had a, I, I was like, you know how you reactive. And, and my girlfriend said, use Q-tip, quit taking it personal. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, mm-hmm. just don't look at the, just look at the person. And sometimes we see people acting a certain way. We don't know what they going through. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You're supposed to be a minister. You're going to be on FaceTime. They talk about you done beat the girl up on it. The, now they got you all them went viral. You know what I'm saying? You know, <laughs> I'm crying though. Wow. I, I, I can hear Chappelle now, Rashida. Was that you all? Is that all? Ah, wait a minute, Queen. Wait a minute, <laughs> Rashida. You be on World Star, World Star, like minister. He would love to expose. You know what I mean? And find us in the point. But I'm glad that. I was able to minister to her to get her to the place where she she's going to call me to have want to go to church with me. You know what I mean? Because right. I know what it's like. We don't want to be known as um, angry black women, but sometimes we, you don't know what those what they going through at home. Right? You know what I mean? She might be getting up behind whoop. She might be, you know what I'm oh. saying? Struggling. The children might. You don't know what people was going through. But if I didn't go through it, I wouldn't know. So it would have been easy to meet fire with fire. Right. Because if you angry and you going through what you going through, you don't know what I'm going through. Right. right. But I had to learn that it's not about me. Just like just like, you know, you, you were saying it's not it's not it's not all about me. We supposed to be able to minister. We supposed to be the solution and the answer for people. That's not what God me. has made us to be. Right. Right. It's not about feet. us. It's not about us all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and Papa will tell you too. He be like, um, hold up, hold up. This blessing right here, uh, that ain't even about you right now. <laughs> right. You be like, that's what I heard when she said that. I said, I am. This is a test. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what you gonna do, Rashida? You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I'm paging you all the wise. I got kids. Your ass. I think you need a beating. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm only playing y'all. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh, crap. Uh, oh, I love us. That's a powerful conversation. I love y'all. Wow. Ooh, I love it's y'all. A so much. It's a powerhouse. Yeah, we got to definitely do something together. Um, yeah, it's it's just amazing. Really. Oh, God. You just really, that was really, can you imagine? It, you might, you might have saved her life. You don't know what yeah, that was kind of it was it was like you know it was like this you could and it was so crazy because it was like I was oh man this is crazy I'm like I was going to order groceries three days ago and I didn't do it and then today my daughter kept getting on my nerve mom we need snacks we got food but we I like snacks. Right. snacks mom we need snacks she a snack attack like she gets on my nerve but she's like mom we need snacks and I'm like I don't feel like going around to the store. Normally, I'll take my little, I'll go around to the store and get it. And I said, no, I'm going to just order them and get them delivered today. And the first lady was supposed to drop my stuff off around 12. And then she messed up. She was putting anything in the order and then it canceled out of nowhere. And I'm like, wow, they canceled the order. So I put it back in. And the next thing you know, it was a whole nother lady. And it was just like, it was the Holy Spirit. Because it was just like, I opened the door. And it was like, I went, I said, you need help? She's like, no, I don't need help. I'm like, no, you need help, girl. <laughs> and I went down and <laughs> helped her. 
and she was playing that song and i and it was like i would listen to that song y'all for mm, i worked at that job for seven and a half years and wow. every time i would get depressed i would put on that song i would be in the office and sometimes i'd be in my cubicle crying because i dealt with a lot of racism in that office too so mm -hmm. i was dealing with a lot at a young age and i was exposed to that but i never i went to school with all black kids so when i went in that environment it was majority like older white males and, and you know a couple of not everybody a lot of people were nice but it was a lot of racism in that time and in that type of organization and in that type of uh, it and um so in a lot and i wasn't it wasn't my passion so a lot of times i would just be in that cube and i would just play that song and it would just remind me that God was there. Like he was there. He knew what's best yes. for me. And when she was playing that song, I knew something was up. And she said, I had this song on repeat for the last 25 minutes. She said, wow. I'm not really having a rough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I knew it was, it was like, I, you know, it was the Holy Spirit. And I said, as soon as I said, you want to pray? She said, yes. And it was like, the Lord just used me like in that moment. And mm. we hugged and embraced each other like sisters. Like, girl, you my sister. Give me some love. Yeah. And, um, and we mm. hugged. And she said, thank you so much. Thank you so much for just taking a moment to see, just to see me. And when I and I heard when she got in the car, she was praising the Lord. Because she probably didn't even, like, Hallelujah. how the heck you? You literally was like that wake-up mm. call. I'm yeah. 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 thought that it he was wasn't like there God. no more. She thought she yeah. was alone. Yeah. And you know the thing about it, you're going to be a part of her testimony. Isn't that deep? Wow. Yes. Wow. That you're wow. going to be a part of her testimony. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Wow. That God is going to use that. She's going to say, I went to this lady house and I da, 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 da. And then wow. I was and I was thinking about doing this and this and that. And this woman, this lady, I mean, she ain't yeah. even know me. You know what I yeah. said? What was the woman at the well? She said, uh, come as a prophet. Come as right. He said, you told me anything else? She told me. Who is this woman? That's wild. Well, you know, when she got a whole carload of people at the door. At the door. Like, I got a whole bunch of people that need help. You yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> the Lord was just like, and give it a book. I said, I said, hold up. I said, wait a minute. I got to give you this book. I said, I got to give you this book. She said, you wrote this, but I said, the Lord gave this to me in a dark place. Yes. Like for, for your glory, Papa. Right. Wow. And I truly understand that the divine encounters that we have and mm -hmm. even being ministering to like, uh, you know, like I believe that the, every, to every voice, there's an ear, you know what I mean? And, um, mm -hmm. you know, there's certain people that might be attracted to you that, 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 that God has made for you to, you know, to minister to. And wow. um, you know that our voices are connected to their to their to their their progress. Mm -hmm. It's like somebody helped us all. It's nobody on here yeah. can say that they just got there by themselves. Oh no, a host of mentors. Yeah. I, had, I, listen, I said I was birthed out of a lot of wombs. Okay, uh, <laughs> a lot of I had to be right. all sorts of places. Right. Right. What? Like, what? Well, you know what? I just had a moment thinking about. Uh, your story, Khadija, and thinking about what you all are saying about those divine interactions and they're meant to be. I can recall a, a woman calling the office when I was at the DA's office mm -hmm. and she's like upset. She's like, nobody won't take my call. The police won't answer. My son was killed yes. and I need to know what happened. So I just took the time to look up the case and realize that her son was killed while he was trying to rob somebody and that there was evidence wow. of it. 
And so that's why they weren't engaging her. Her son didn't matter. The way the systems wow. that we work in, that's how they do. Her son that didn't matter. Mm -hmm. And so I took the time and had this whole conversation with her. And even though my job, air quotes, would say that she wasn't the person I needed to even spend that time with. Yeah. But I took the time and treated her the way I, I felt like I should have and right. treated her like her grief mattered. Her son's life mattered yeah. no matter what. And that I just that just hit me because I remember wow. how grateful she was. And I told her nothing. I didn't change. Her son was still gone. Things were still messed up. She still couldn't get the answer she wanted from who she should have got it, gotten it from. Um, but in that moment, all the people she had called, I don't even know how she got me. I can't even remember how, wow, why, totally. why I was the one. Do you know but how she meant, got you? Right, exactly. Oh, like you guys saying that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Redirect these lines. Wow. Right. God, God, God is an orchestrator. Time. He's a great right. orchestrator. Yeah. Right. right. And you know, it just it, made me think of that. It frustrates yeah. me sometimes about that, like how our systems throw people away. Mm -hmm. They do. Like, it just people. throw people away. Right. It throw people away. It tell you, you good. You 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 can be redeemed, but you can't. You right. can, it, yes. it, it picks and chooses and throws people away. And that frustrates me because mm -hmm. God doesn't throw any of us away. Anybody away, right. We, our righteousness is as filthy as rags and he still loves right. us. Despite all the things that I've done, and trust me, yo, I done done a lot of things. <laughs> but he ain't throwing me away. He ain't put me in a strange thing. Remember somebody said, Rashida, you remember you do that? I thought about. It. I said, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like you know, you be like, yeah, that was something. I'm like, bring it up. Like, what? Yes. Oh, Lord. Tell me. You know what I mean? Let me no more. I ain't there no more. Right. <laughs> no, but I had to get away. And let me tell you, pursuing my purpose, I had to get away from people that's always talking about yesterday. And I remember this. We You're went down there. Right. Where we go? excited about nothing yeah. these remember we had that conversation yeah i was like this girl gonna say to me remember you used to pop pills i'm like well damn. what <laughs> you, you remember <laughs> <laughs> how you remember <laughs> you remember what like, you used to do you used to be yeah. thank you for reminding me you used to be drunk yeah. get out of here girl oh, Hey, hey. Bye, girl. I do what? remember, but I overcame that. And you know, and what's your purpose? What's your reason for even allow me to reintroduce myself? Yes, right? this is not your mommy, myself. not Kelly, pal. Who you knew? <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and then Toby, just to that too, right? With that that phone call, because that is just uh. My thing is this system. Y'all, the reason why her son was even trying to rob somebody, you understand? Right, right. Like all the inequality and people will try to talk about it without talking about it. Yeah, poverty, yeah. lack of access, all those things have led to this moment where my son feels like he has to mm -hmm. rob somebody or whatever. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? Right. If I'm a part so of another gun violence conversation where they don't want to talk about the conditions in the communities, where yeah. I can't do it. Let's go in this household with this right. life and make sure she has what she needs so that her other son don't rob nobody. 
it's a simulation we put the we put the guns in the community we're gonna put the drugs in the community we're gonna put the violence on the tv and then we're gonna say shake it up and give you crappy schools (laughs) right we're gonna take all the funding out the schools right and then we (laughs) let's let's see what happens right yeah and then say y'all know the projects was a project right (laughs) for them it was a project it was like a they want to just get a whole bunch of black people to put them all together. We're going to see how many survive. Like, yeah. right. scrap. Everything to destroy them with the six feet. It was actually got- an experiment. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is, this is what they do. But once we awaken people, we have people, we become so other people can become. You know what I'm saying? And I asked a 60-year-old man, why would you get a Cadillac club in the middle of 22nd? I think it was somewhere in Diamond Street. You know, all of them. All, and he said, uh, I said, well, you know, you you know, you could help some of these guys, but he was like, I ain't helping them. That's their mother's problem. He called man 60 years old. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You put a whole building to put Cadillacs and sit around Cadillacs around mm-hmm. the corner. And I said, brother, I said, it ain't the mother's fault. I said, most of the women, I live on 22nd and Diamond. And even those girls, they might be out of sight and they might be jumping on top of cars and dropping like it's hot, but come seven o'clock in the morning, they going to school. They right. going to work. You right. know what I'm trying to say? Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, let's let's we need we need to we need mentors. We need men to step up as as well as the ladies because it's guys out there who are crying for help, but it's mm-hmm. nobody there to help them or they're being judgmental. Well, I ain't messing around with you cuz you don't listen. You didn't listen either. Right. Right. Stay there the until they listen. Stay there until they get it. Speaking to their life, stop being judgmental and making them run in the corner and get even more angrier. Right. And we work in systems that won't see the pain of our young people, they won't. but only see them as perpetrators mm-hmm. no, no, no. and no, not as victims word. of the yeah. right of right. the violence. And I, that they're and I actually, I wanted to, I'm going to send it to you, Toby. Maybe you can, because I saw a man on Facebook, he started, he was sitting there in drag, had this crazy looking wig on. But as he was telling his story, you can see how he got to be sitting there like that. He told his story <laughs> and then it, you can see from, from his childhood, how it led right to where he was sitting now in the mental health condition that he was in, in a condition that he was in from a child. It was like a fast forward to me. You know what I mean? Mm. These things have to be addressed because the biggest trick the enemy played was that he didn't exist. Yes. Mm-hmm. And some of these things need to be dealt with from a foundational point, which as far as a child is concerned, because a lot of stuff we struggle with came from the childhood. Right. That childhood trauma, and then yeah. our men are scared to express themselves because people always saying, "Oh, masculinity isn't right. doesn't align right. with having feelings and being able to emotionally express yourself." Like, no, my good Whoa. brother, you've been raped, you've been hurt, you've been right. exactly. Let's talk about it, so That's we can talk about it. We can have better right. fathers and better men and just better people. You know, we all have to address that trauma because if not, it yeah. shows up. up. It shows up. It all manifests itself one way or the other. This it man was, he was so traumatized that he had got used to being raped. Yeah, that's how, because yeah. it was a yeah. culture passing him on, like it was like, to, it, it became a, it part, a well, culture. you know, uncle, after Uncle Robbie did it, then I went over there, my mother's boyfriend, like it was mm-hmm. just, it, and then he said he began to light, you know what I mean? Yeah, it was right. his culture. It was his, I couldn't believe what, but I, it let me know that this is why he's sitting there in that condition. Because of all those traumatic events has shaped his world into that. Where the mothers and fathers are so consumed with themselves. 
You know what I'm trying to say? Let's, let's you know, dropping it like it's hot, whatever they doing. My little Jody in the back room getting. <laughs> yeah, Jody, you know, you know what I'm saying. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> Just, uh, Uncle going through problems and issues and thinking about sleep back then, thinking about suicide because nobody want to pay attention to him. Mm. We're watching pornos. Yeah. Trying to plot on the girl walking down the street. Oh, you want to give him $100, saying? give him give him everything. Yeah. Or give him All everything that he want and think that that's going to take away from the trauma that he's in. We just brought up like five new episodes. For listening to a change mind visit us on social media at a change mind pod and learn more about us on our website at a change mind pod.com